Yes. Oh, yes. Wow. Well, it's really good to be here again. Yeah, I was trying to figure out exactly how long it's been since I was here last. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, a couple of years, you think? Yeah. Okay. Well, some of you are aware of the fact that I, um, on the 26th of December last year, had a stroke. And, uh, you know, you're kind of making your way through life and busy, and you figure you've got loads and loads of time ahead of you. And suddenly, Christmas time, you know, I had a stroke. I thought I had the flu initially. And uh, then it turned out to be it was a stroke. And I want you to know that um, they took me to a stroke hospital in the Toronto area. And I was, for the first week, in order to go to the restroom, get out of my bed, I, was, I had to get into a wheelchair. And then um, the therapist told me after a short period of time, I'm taking your wheelchair away. And I'm thinking, oh, no, how am I going to get to the restroom? And he says, you're going to use this. And he handed me a cane. And so uh, I want you to know that it was, a, it was a very interesting few weeks at the very beginning. And then slowly I, um, I started walking. And then pretty soon I um, was biking, biking in traffic and um, you know, and they, they took my driver's license away, and I didn't think I'd get it back. And um, so it, it's been a very interesting time. And just about a week ago, I got a letter through the mail, and it had my driver's license in it, Woo! saying, got it back. Right. And Sharon and I are in the midst of a very long trip. We're driving to California. And so I was worried about the fact that she was going to have to drive the whole way. Well, she didn't. I mean, she's not going to have to. In fact, I drove all the way here <laughs> because I have my driver's license back, and it's wonderful. But I want to thank all of you who uh, heard about it and have prayed for me because I just felt during those, those um, days, particularly in the early, early months, that uh, I was just surrounded by the presence of God in an incredible way. And Cameron's talking about the community, the broader community. And uh, I want you to know that it's real. Yes. When, when you know that there are thousands of people out there that are praying for you, it's a reality. And I just felt the presence of God, first in my hospital room and then as I was recovering. And I was just getting stronger and stronger. And step at a time taking, uh, you know, I ran uh, college, in college and high school, I ran uh, track. And uh, occasionally they'd have me run hurdles, and I kind of pictured myself jumping over these hurdles. It was fantastic. So anyway, we're here and functioning, and, and it's great. So I'd like to just draw to your attention. I have a book table in the back in the fellowship area, and there are two things on it. One is our book, World's Greatest Revivals, that... Um, uh, people who have read it and emailed us back said this is probably one of the most encouraging books they've ever read in their life. So if you want to be encouraged by what God has done and is doing through the church and in the church, uh, there's a lot of stories in it, so it carries itself, even though it's fairly thick. Uh, you'll find it's very easy to read and, and you get kind of carried along in it. And then the second thing is I have a DVD. And the DVD is called Invasions of Glory. And it was recorded in Norway several years ago. And um, it's in a, a, a conference, actually a school of 
Lutheran pastors, if you can imagine that. And I'm presenting basically what's in this book um, on, a, on a video. And um, suddenly, the Lutheran pastors just get overwhelmed by the Spirit of God, and they start laughing, and they laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. Now, I present um, in it, um, in video form, um, the overview of what's in the book. And so if you're not a reader and you want to have some fun with some Lutheran pastors, you know, Lutheran pastors have a tendency to kind of be um, kind of awesome. <laughs> and suddenly they just burst out into laughter. And, uh, and so it, it's a lot of fun. So if you, if you want to lighten up your day a little bit, you can pick this up and, um, and have some fun with it. Um, these normally sell in Toronto for $15, and I have them available uh, here for $10. So they're on kind of a special sale. Good deal. Well, how many of you believe that God speaks through dreams? Could I see your hands? Okay. How many of you have had a dream that you believe it was from God, and he spoke to you through it. Can I see your hands? Okay. Fantastic. I want you to know that I had a dream a few weeks ago. And, uh, in fact, I've had a lot of dreams recently, which has been one of the really high points of this period of time as I've started slowing down a little bit. But in this particular dream, Sharon and I went to a, a Catholic retreat center. I think it was in Pennsylvania someplace. And we went there because of the fact that we just wanted to get away and, and go to a place that was fairly safe and, and quiet. And I knew nothing about the place, but uh, the interesting thing in this dream, uh, I woke up in the morning and these jolly uh, monks that were running this retreat center were shouting at the top of their lungs, Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Jesus! And I thought, what in the world are they thankful for? And I asked a couple of them, and they said, we're thankful for the fact that we're still alive. And we're thankful for the fact that we have a place to be, and we're thankful for the fact that we have, we have food. And uh, it was a very interesting place. And they had as their commission Paul's words in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And so they took it seriously, in everything. And so everything, they, they thank God. They'd walk out the door and say, thank you, Jesus, look at the sun. Thank you, Jesus, look at the clouds. Thank you, Jesus, for the rain. It was just this place that radiated with thanksgiving. Wow. That was their commission. And we ate with them. And it was very interesting because the food was always cold. Didn't start off that way, but by the time they got through with thanking Jesus for the food, the food got cold. And, uh, and so we had, we had a great time there. And I, I woke up after, uh, after the dream was over, and, and I said, Father, what, what are you trying to tell me? What was that about? And, you know, that's what you can do when you have a dream. You can say, okay, God, what's that about? And he told me, he says, Fred... I just wanted to remind you where you started, how you started. And I'm thinking a little bit about it, and I went back to how I got saved. 
And then how we walked with the Lord. And he says, you started off in Thanksgiving. And somehow you've gotten away from it. How many of you started off with something really, really good experientially? And you realize that you just kind of forget about it and it starts getting cold. Well, for us it was Thanksgiving. And so the Father brought this dream, basically, to remind us of of where we started off. And, I believe, to remind us how he wants us to continue to walk. Now, I grew up in a Baptist, Baptist home, Baptist church. And I want you to know that uh, I was one of those type of people that had a really hard time getting saved. It's not because I, that I was so bad. It's because of the fact that I couldn't figure out how to get into salvation. And so I would go forward every time there was an appeal. Anybody want to get saved? Come on forward. And I'd come forward. Well, I went forward about 38 times. Prayed the sinner's prayer. Same prayer. And every time, nothing happened. And I wanted something to happen. I wanted to experience something. And nothing happened. And so, 38 times. And I came to a point in which I I heard a little bit about Calvinism. And I heard that there were the elect, and there were the, obviously, the unelect. That God chose some, and he obviously didn't choose some. And so, I started assuming at, at a point in my life that, I was part of the unelect, and for a short period of time, I lived as the unelect. I embraced the unelect lifestyle. You know, just kind of feeling like, well, what's the use? And I got invited to a uh, uh, student conference with some of the people, some of the young people, young adults in our church, and, uh, and they had a speaker that shared his testimony, just like I'm sharing my testimony now. And it was exactly the same thing. He said he went forward and forward and forward and forward and prayed the sinner's prayer again and again and again. Nothing happened. And I'm thinking, whoa, this guy's reading my mail. It's exactly my story. And so he said this. He said, "Um, if any of you are in this situation and would like to talk to me about it, after I'm finished here, come up and talk to me. And he took me into a back meeting after, because I went up to him and I said, you, uh, your testimony is exactly like mine. And so uh, I said, well, what do I do about it? And he said, well, let's pray the sinner's prayer again. And I'm thinking, oh, no, here we go again. So we went through the sinner's prayer and like the other 38 times, nothing happened. And I said, see, nothing happened. And he said, well, you forgot something. And I said, what did I forget? He says, you forgot to say thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life. And I realized that every time I prayed the sinner's prayer, I had never said that. Never said thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life. And he says, that's faith. Faith is being able to say thank you really before you get it. It's like, you know, the gift of God is salvation through Jesus Christ. And he was basically saying, you say thank you for salvation before you experience it. And so I'm thinking, okay, well, he says, well, let's go through the sinner's prayer again. I got to the end, and he says, okay, now say thank you for coming into my life. And so I went, okay, thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life. I was trying to be obedient and do what he was asking me. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life. Thank you, Jesus. And I want you to know, he kept saying, say it again. Say it again. 
By the time I got through the third time saying, thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life, I couldn't stop thanking him. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life. Thank you, Jesus. for you know. And I got overwhelmed with an experience of salvation at that point. And so, here God is saying, Fred, I want you to stay there. I want you to walk in thanksgiving. And he gave me this dream. And so that's the way my walk with the Lord started out. And then, a little bit later on, the father spoke to me and, and he said, Fred, I want you to go to Sweden. I want you to go to the country of Sweden. Well, I had been in Sweden and I saw the needs among the young people in Sweden. I traveled with uh, one of the uh, teachers in a school Bible school that I attended in England. And I traveled with him after the course was over. And I saw the needs in Sweden. And he says, I want you to go there, to Sweden. And then, within a short period of time, as we were preparing to go, um, the Lord brought two books our direction. One book was a book, um, a biography on George Mueller of Bristol. And George Mueller was led by the Lord many years ago to form a, an orphanage in the city of Bristol, England. There were thousands of young of children that were lived on the streets. And he started taking them in. And the Lord spoke to him and he says, I want you to do this by faith. And so I'm reading the story of this incredible man. And he lived by faith. And the Lord spoke to him and said, I don't want you to tell anybody about the needs. I don't want you to try to raise money. I just want you to thank me. And so we're reading this, you know, and there were times in which they had no food and he'd stand in front of the, of the children in the orphanage and, you know, he says, let's thank Jesus for the food. And they looked at the table and there's no food on the table. Yeah. And he said, thank you, Jesus, for the food that you're supplying for us. And suddenly the cooks walk in and they have oatmeal and milk and cheese and all sorts of things that had just come in the back door of the kitchen. And it was by faith that they were eating. And so I got very excited about this. You know, as a a traditional evangelical, I thought, well, God does do miracles. And this was not way back in Bible times. This was in the 1800s, late 1800s. And then we got a hold of another biography of Hudson Taylor of China. He was the founder of the China Inland Mission. And he heard about George Mueller and was led by God to live the same way. Just thanking God. Thank you, Lord. And he set up a mission, traveled to China, and went into the interior part of China, and he just did it by faith. And the Lord supplied in a wonderful way. And so, Sharon and I are reading these books, and suddenly, the Father spoke to us and said, Do it. Why don't you do it? It would prove that God is doing miracles today. And so we just decided that we were going to go to Sweden by faith. And the time came in which the father says, okay, you're ready? Go. You know, and I'm thinking, we need some support. And all the missionaries that I was aware of that, that went to the mission field all had extensive amounts of support. And uh, and yet, we had no support. 
There was one couple that said, we'll give you $25 a month. The Lord spoke to them. We had another couple, and, and they said, the Lord spoke to us and said to give you $1,000. Well, that bought our tickets to get there. And Sweden, at that period of time, and probably still is a very expensive country to live in. But we just decided to thank him. And so, anytime anything came in in the way of money or supply, anything along that line, we would just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And we lived by Thanksgiving. And the Lord led us there and then started opening the door for a ministry. And we started a Bible college while we were there. It's during the Jesus People Movement days. And there were thousands of young people that met the Lord during those days and gave, gave their lives to the Lord and ended up in our school. We had about a thousand students that came through our school from 16 different countries. Um, and... Uh, and so it was an amazing time. We were there for 11 years. And the whole time it was just, oh God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your supply. Thank you for this that's just come in. You know, and sometimes it was nails. Sometimes it was something very, very simple. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And we lived on the foundation of Thanksgiving. And so here the Father in this dream is basically saying, I want you to go back to where you started. Thanksgiving. I want you to live there. Wow. And so I thought, okay, we're at a different point in our life. That was the early part of our life and ministry. Now we're coming later on, you know, and I've lived through a stroke now. And there were times during the time that I was in the hospital bed that I just was overwhelmed by Thanksgiving. I opened up my eyes in the morning and I think... I thought, I'm still alive. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So life gets very simple. You understand that life gets really complicated when we try to figure stuff out? But when we, when we live with just a foundational idea of thanksgiving, it's very simple. And so, in everything, give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus has become a very, very important thing in our lives. And uh, I'm, I'm afraid to say that, uh, you know, we've gotten away from it. Yeah. But we're at a point right now in which we're saying, oh, God, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for your supply. Yes. You know, life gets very simple. Thank you, Lord. We sit down at the table and we have food. Thank you, Lord. Wow. I get in my truck and I turn it on. Thank you, God. Yeah. Thank you. It, it, you know, it's working. Thank you, God. Just very, very simple. Life gets very simple. And one of the things that I've done recently is I started looking at Scripture to see how important Thanksgiving is in Scripture. And um, in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 17 through 20, we find the Apostle Paul says, In everything give thanks. Excuse me, always giving thanks in all things. Always giving thanks in all things. And then I looked to see how important thanksgiving was in the, in the ministry and the life of Jesus. In Matthew fifteen thirty six, Jesus is faced the same way that George Mueller was with having to feed people. He's got 5,000 people, and he doesn't have food for them. 
All that he has is five loaves and two little fishes. And you know, so, you know what he did? He lifted up his face to the Father, and he took the things in, in his hand, the bread and the loaves, or the fish in his hand, yep. and he said, Thank you, Father, thank you, Father, and he broke them. And they multiplied in the context of thanksgiving. Yes. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. There's another example that we read about in John 11, where Jesus is challenged. He's uh, in Bethany, and Lazarus has just died. Yeah. And Mary and Martha are saying, you should have been here. You know, they're putting pressure on him. Lazarus is your friend, and he died because you weren't here. And so he walks over to the mouth of the um, tomb, and he says this, Roll away the stone. And everybody around him is saying, It's been four days. Don't you understand that that his body probably stinks terribly? And you know what Jesus did? He lifted up his face and he says, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that you always hear me. And then he turned to that tomb where that dead body was. And he says, Lazarus, come forth. You know what Thanksgiving does? It fills us with faith. Fills us with hope. It fills us with simplicity. Mm. And it's an indication of dependence. If I live by the principle of thanksgiving, you know what I'm doing? I'm just basically saying, I'm Father, Father, I'm dependent upon you. Thank you, Father. You're my supplier. Thank you, Father, that you are my healer. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And it unleashes, thanksgiving unleashes in us the foundations of the kingdom of God. In fact, I believe that thanksgiving is probably the cornerstone Cornerstone principle of the kingdom of God. You know, Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. And he's with his disciples. And they're celebrating the Passover. And you know what Jesus does? He takes bread and he takes a little cup of wine. And he says, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. He breaks the bread and passes it out. And he, and he takes the cup of wine and he says, thank you, Father. I don't think he was saying thank you for the cup and thank you for the bread. I believe that what Jesus was doing was preparing for crucifixion. Wow. And you know, one of the things that happens when we enter into the principle, the simple principle of thanksgiving, is that there is the kingdom of God, the reality of, of the life of God just gets unleashed in us. Faith gets unleashed in us. And he's committing his his body, he's committing himself into the Father's hand as he's breaking the bread and passing out the wine. He's saying, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So Thanksgiving is preparatory. And Thanksgiving opens the doors of supply. We get the idea in Philippians chapter 4 that it protects us. Because we find in in, um, Philippians chapter 4, and I'm going to have to turn to that, make sure I get it right. Verse 
Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Paul writes, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So if you're... Uh, if you're in a position in which you're getting fearful or anxious about something, what, is, what does Paul say here? Just begin to say, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. There is something that gets unleashed in you through thanksgiving. It's the flow of God's peace in an incredible way that gets unleashed in your hearts. Thank you, Father. 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 Now, also, I believe when we start moving into Thanksgiving to the Father in everything, sometimes it's hard to say thank you, God, for the flat tire that I've just gotten, or thank you for whatever it is that's bad, but we can thank Him in. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, in things. Yes. You know what gets unleashed in us? The flow of thanksgiving. We find that there's a community of thanksgiving that gets unleashed. And we become thankful for each other. Yes. We've been, um, since, since we started moving into this recently, through this reminder, we, um, we have just started thanking people in our life. You know, like we go into a restaurant to have food and get to the end of the time and uh, we thank the waitress or the server. Thank you. Thank you. You did a good job. You served us well. Thank you. And, of course, we give them a tip, too, and sometimes a nicer tip. Thank you. Go into the bank. The teller waits on us. Thank you. Thank you. And they're going, what? I'm paid for this. No, I want to just say thank you. And what, what is unleashed is the flow of the kingdom in that restaurant. Yes. The flow of the kingdom in that bank. Yes. Wherever we're being served. We say, well, you know, they're getting paid for it. Why do I have to thank them? See, that's where we get in trouble. In everything, give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Thanking him and thanking each other. And I just want to encourage you with that. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I've known Cameron for quite a long period of time. Most people are not aware of the fact that we have the the same last name, and so we're the Wright brothers. There you go. Unofficially. Unofficially, right. But I'm thankful for Cameron. I'm thankful for you. I really have come to appreciate him through the years, and I say that. Cameron, Thank you. I love what I see God doing in you Thank you. and what he's doing through you. You're an incredible man. Thank you. There's something that is unleashed as we appreciate each other in yes. Thanksgiving. I want you to know that. And I believe that God is saying to the church now, I want the church to become a community yes. of Thanksgiving. Yes. Thanking me, but thanking each other. You know, thank you for that smile. One of the things that um, I, I've done uh, when, I, when I'm served 
in some type of way by somebody, maybe just taking my money in a store. And uh, I'm at the checkout stand, and, and, and the girl behind the cash register smiles at me. I said, wow, you have such a beautiful smile. Thank you for smiling. Really? Really? Oh, yeah. You know, and I walk out the door and I turn around to see if she's smiling to the next person. And she is, obviously. You know, when we're encouraged along that line, things get unleashed. And one of the things that we find that the Apostle Paul tells us also that makes Thanksgiving easier is staying full of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5, he tells us that one of the fruits of being full of the Holy Spirit is thanking God for all things. And so if you're of the the personality type in which you just find that Thanksgiving is hard, um, I just encourage you to say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me. Fill me. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It just gets easier to thank when we're full of the Holy Spirit because Thanksgiving is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that incredible? You know, in Romans chapter um, chapter 1, Paul writes also that where mankind sinned in the very beginning was when he stopped thinking, when he failed to think. The first sin was not eating the fruit. The first sin was stopping thinking. We can move into the flow of the kingdom as we just move into thanksgiving. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all stand. Okay, as we close, I would like to do this. I would like us to just kind of close our eyes and open our hands and say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, fill me, fill me, fill me. And Holy Spirit, release in me the flow of thanksgiving. I want to live by thanksgiving. I want to live in the will of the Father. For this is God's will for me in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. Now, Father, right now, I just, I do ask that you would unleash the economy of thanksgiving in your people here. That it will just get easy. It will flow continually. That they might walk in your will. In everything, give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just unleash in each one here. Thank you. Thank you. Now, if you happen to be here this morning, and what I shared about my own testimony regarding salvation really kind of struck a note. And you realize that you have, for a long period of time, prayed... Asking to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, but in yourself you have not experienced, you haven't had an experience of salvation where something is unleashed in you experientially. I just want to encourage you to walk through the sinner's prayer. Oh, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Mm, Come into my life. Make me new. Be my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Thank, Thank you. you now for coming into my life. Thank you. Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life. Thanking you for, thank you for being my Savior. Praise your holy name. In Jesus' name.